everyone, and welcome to another episode of the LaRouge Rugby Podcast. My name is Dan Murphy, and with me always is Derek Morissette and Stu. Oh, no, no, Stu. Oh, oh, man, you're getting, uh, man. you know, geez, Dan, you take you take a week off and you get, Listen, you get rusty. I, hopefully, the arrow, yeah, hopefully the arrows won't be as rusty as uh, I am coming off of their bye week. Yeah, uh, that was... No, uh, I just got, <laughs> we just got Derek with me today. Uh, Stu is back, uh, saving the world. Um... How you doing, buddy? We had a uh, we had a arrowless weekend, but it was kind of action packed with rugby and you know, the Maple Leafs are uh, now three and one or, or have a three one series lead over uh, our rivals, the Montreal Canadiens. So it's been a busy but good uh, sports weekend, long weekend in Canada. Yeah, I know. I mean, I know. Like on one hand, I know we're all kind of like. You know, it, it kind of stinks that the arrows had to wait so much longer than everybody else to finally get their bye week. But on the other hand, I'm also kind of like shout out to that schedule maker that was like leaps and halves, no arrows games to conflict with that. I, I wonder if they made that schedule thinking that like maybe the arrows might make it back to Canada and they wanted the long weekend. <laughs> Just oh, one day I, off of training. I, have no, I guess now they're in Atlanta. They're like, you guys can't celebrate anyway at the long weekend. <laughs> we got yeah, pro- we got training on Monday. Yeah, um, yeah, training on Monday. Hey, but it looked like, I mean, I think, you know, I think, what was it after the Atlanta? Uh, was it after the Atlanta game or in Rumble? Kind of maybe, I mean, maybe I should double check this before mentioning it on the podcast. But they're kind of, like, I think like Rumble's kind of talking about doing like, you know, it'd be good to like, you know, you can kind of step away from rugby for a bit. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, that's so, right. Uh, they were interviewed, uh, him and Chris Silverthorne. They were yeah, they so had then, a really really tough interview that they they had after the fire nice cup yeah so then it, it like it kind of looked like i mean looking from social media it looks like some some guys went to florida it looks like some guys went like hiking in like the grand canyon or something yeah, golf. like that. golf yeah so Will kelly got to spend time with his like family and stuff which yeah cool. like that's that's cool so it was yeah. like it was nice to kind of see that on like social media hopefully hopefully the guys all kind of got out and enjoyed that bye week and you know kind of hit the reset button again and for sure you know i mean like get a bit of a clear picture of what the east standings look like now that everyone's in an even nine games and i mean we'll we'll dive into that a little bit we're gonna gonna get into that now i actually wanted to ask you a question about hockey oh okay so uh uh derek and i are, are both leaf fans Stu, i believe is also a leaf fan as well um we got to watch one of our rivals blow a 4-1 lead in hockey. The Edmonton Oilers blew a 4-1 lead in yeah. game game three. Game three, yeah. Against the Winnipeg Jets and lost. Yeah. And then the next night were then swept out of the playoffs, which is just so satisfying to watch. Now, my question to you, uh, Derek, is what is more embarrassing? What happened to the Maple Leafs in 2013 where they lost in game seven? Or losing a 4-1 lead and then the next night getting swept and like triple overtime um first of all why do you hate edmonton so much what did they like what did they ever do to you uh well my little brother lives out in edmonton oh okay so this I get it I get this, it. Week, this, this this year i got a steady feed of oh like ethan bear is like an up-and-coming defenseman they got evan bouchard mick david's having an unreal season dry settles okay. like my brother's david is had one of the best yes. seasons yeah, ever. yeah 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 Which is, you know, i fine, think fine i think i think that's like with the oilers i think that's the thing that's the most disappointing is it's like mcdavid put up one of the best seasons of all time. He had over a hundred points in half a year. Like <laughs> that, like 
it, absolutely disgusting number. Like, I think, what was it like? Only like, what, six or seven years ago, Jamie Ben won the Hart Trophy with like with 80 less points. points. Yeah. Like, yeah. And like McDavid just put up a hundred in like 56 games or whatever. Um, so it's like, it, I think if you're an Oilers fan, man, like you just like in a way you just kind of wasted one of the best seasons of all time. And you just kind of watched it. Well, people away. are talking about the GM um, about how Ho- Ken Holland at the, you know, um, trade deadline was like, well, sometimes, you know, and not every year you can go all in. You can go on. No, sir. You have Connor McDavid. You, you have Connor McDavid. In, and, and at that point, and he Dry was Saddle. in the lead for scoring. And Dry Settle was like Dry Settle's like second, third, I think. Or third, second yeah. at the time. Like no, I think King and, like but, you know took a storm, but like dude, I like, think oh. I think from that point of view, like I mean, it's not even that they blew a 4-1 lead too, though, but it's also like, you know, one of their losses was one nothing. And it was like McDavid and Drysidle one nothing in overtime, right? And it was like it's like yeah, you couldn't you couldn't get the offense going. You have two of the best offensive players in the world on your team, yeah. And it was just like yeah, like there's, you know, it's only. I mean, this has been the the whole thing with Edmonton for like since for the past decade, right? No matter how many first overall picks you get, you can't seem to surround them with anything, and then those first overall picks get shut down, and when it matters, and yeah. You're out. I think from that point of view, maybe the Oilers won, but it's like the Leafs blow in their four-one lead is like historic. Like that's I don't like know. Historic. People might look back at this. I again I think it's I think it's just like the but time. that was the the thing that I think makes it worse though is like the Leafs were what 12 minutes away from winning the series. Like that's what that was. That was you were 12 minutes away from winning the series. They were also the severe underdogs. Like they were, but they were 12 minutes away from winning the series. So are you going with the Leafs one? I think the, I think the Leafs one's worse just because like, I mean, just because it was like, yeah, like I think, I think in this one, I think for, I think in a weird way, it's like, it's, I look at it as as like Edmonton got their butts kicked and it's like, you get to getting, it's like you on one hand, it was like, they just got thoroughly beaten. Whereas the Leafs back in 2013, it was like round, like you could smell round two. Like you, round two was there, and then round two was gone. That's fair, right? All right. Well, let's let's talk some rugby. Finally, let's let's get finally into yes. And so, continues the, so continues the tradition of not talking about rugby to start the show. Um. So we had a little bit of news in the last couple of weeks. Um, there is a new professional rugby league starting in North America, uh, but it's actually seven aside competition. Premier Rugby Sevens uh, was announced to launch in the fall of 2021. Um, already signed up are stars Perry Baker, Danny Barrett, Carlin Isles, Falal Nuya, Stephen Tomlinson. And, and the other really cool thing is that they, they've made a real uh, push for uh, gender equality with equal pay. So uh, women's eagles, including Abby uh, Kostadis, uh, Iana Marr, and uh, Naya Tapper have also all signed up. So that is, you know, fantastic to see um derek i have a couple questions about about this because it is a really interesting concept and i hope it kind of works out in north america but my first one is how will this affect the canada sevens players because they they have said that there will be tournaments across canada or across the u.s and canada so it sounds like there's going to be a canadian team or two well they're um, joining they're using um that like premier lacrosse league model right so none of the teams are actually going to represent cities they're just going to be 
like team X, Y, and Z. But you would think that rugby. you would think that rugby Canada would be like, okay, well, we want a team of our, our B players well, I, I, playing together. Right. Like that would make the most sense. I, I don't know if you necessarily want them playing. Like, I don't know if you, like, that's the same thing. Like, I don't think, I don't know if you necessarily need them playing together. If you, they, if Canadian players were like, I don't see why Canadian players can't be. But like, isn't that old point of like the arrows? Like one of the reasons why we want the arrows is not only do we want Canadian rugby players playing, but we want them playing together and developing. Yeah, but we also want Canadian players on all the American teams too. It's not. Yeah, so I'm saying not yeah. all of them have to be on one team, but I'm saying that yeah. Rugby Canada probably wants at least one team that has predominantly Canadians playing together, so they can. You might. Chemistry. I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, I think right now, like the idea of having pro sevens is certainly cool. Um, mm. People, people online generally seem kind of excited about it. Um, there hasn't really been much to really come out of it beyond like the initial kind of announcement and um, you know, some of the press release articles and things surrounding that. So it's like, I think this is like, like it's tough to be like, if you're asking like, how's it going to affect the Canadian sevens players and stuff. It's, it's tough to really say until we, I think until we know a little bit more about how the competition's actually going to shape out and how um, they're actually going to, kind of utilize this i would imagine if they got to fill out what, what are they starting with like six teams six men's six teams? men's teams and four women's teams six so i mean so i would imagine like there's one that's not that many teams really but i would imagine that there would be some spots for canadian players um you know if they chose to go and play for that um but like yeah like i think i think it's kind of it's a cool thing that's announced in the like the excitement like you said you mentioned some of the names um like you know, I mean, I mean, Perry Baker is a, a two-time sevens player of the year. Yeah, like you got you got Tapper. Oh, you got Tapper Barrett Baker. Like it's you know some of the biggest names in American set on the American sevens teams, right? So, mm -hmm. like I think from that point, and you got Mike Tolkien, I guess, as the uh, the GM as well, right? Yeah. So I think I think that's kind of where some of the excitement kind of comes from is that there's immediately big names attached to it. But I still think like it's tough to. Uh, it's tough to tell like what the impact is going to be on like, so let me rephrase is what do you want it to be? What do you want to see come out of this, this league for Canada? I mean, Hey, if, if, if more people can make money playing rugby, then that's cool. I think yeah. that's like at the end of the day, like it'd be interesting like to see kind of like, as it just says starts in fall 2021, right? Uh, fall 2021. Yeah. Fall 2021. So it'd be, it'd be interesting to see how that, you know when like when's the 2021 2022 world seven series have they announced what's going on with that let me check like if that um like it'd be interesting to see how that kind of shapes up yeah like i don't i think because, I you think, know like 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 the u.s has like the falcons program and canada has the maple leafs touring yeah squad so like we definitely do have players from both countries that are no, like, I can play, but I mean, I mean, like you kind of, you're kind of so, throwing out that you, you got to have some sort of skill level though, man. Like, cause they're throwing out like Perry Baker and Carlin Isles and Danny Barrett yeah. as like the first three men players that are signed. Right. Then you got like Tapper and Gustatis yeah. um, among the women that are signed. So it's like, it's, you know, they're throwing out some, like, he those are heavyweight names. Right. So, mm -hmm. um, but so, like, um, it's, it's the, there are, there's a event in Vancouver and london in september okay um, so see that's dates, dates to be dates to be announced 
Okay. Um, and then Singapore, uh, Halloween weekend. Mm. Hong Kong is then like a week later. And then Dubai and Cape Town are in December. So there's two events happening in September. Uh, yes. It looks like Vancouver's Ooh. first and then London. And the Premier Rugby Sevens is going to be taking place in September? Beginning. Beginning? So that's, that'd be the interest. So if there's events, then if, you mean, if you, the Eagles are playing at those events, then like, I mean, I have a hard time seeing Baker and Barrett like staying. I mean, but they've also, they're also like long in the tooth, right? Yeah. So maybe this is their their like next venture is after yeah, the Olympics. Yeah, they say, just... like, Danny Barrett's been part of the Sevens program for forever, as yeah. long as I can remember. I remember seeing Perry Baker and Carlin Isles at the Pan Am Games. Yeah, twenty. Oh, they've all been around forever. I right. Just... So I wonder if maybe that is part of it, and also like, yeah, no, it's it's with the world opening back up again, hopefully over the summer and going into the fall. I wonder if. The seventh expectation is they want them to be playing and yeah. of training during between those matches. Yeah, maybe uh, before I mean, those tours. So we'll see. It's, yeah, it's uh, yeah. Like I said, I think I think right now, like I think ultimately, it's a cool idea to have professional sevens, and um, it's it's an interesting idea to have them like no cities being represented and to be like touring. And I know there was that one article with like their CEO um, talking about like how you can like comparing rugby sevens to like horse racing, you know, like a gambling sense, right. Where you can just show up and then, um, so that, that'd be an interesting outlook if they choose to go that route too. Yeah. Um, I just think, I think right now it's one of those things where it's like, they announced that it's going to happen and it's just like, I just, I feel like since like major league rugby has found success, it seems like every couple of months there's an announcement of like a new league or new like rugby yeah competition of some sort that comes up and the fact that like none of them have really panned out well let's let's talk about me. this yeah so let's Le- let's kind of get into that a little bit it's because it's one of my questions is about the world 10 series you f- you gotta feel like if this is successful it's going to take a big bite out of the world 10 series and yeah, people probably. don't want to compete in that and also like there's that and like you look at like the the north american rugby league it's kind of had to slowly scale things back especially oh, in, slowly man they're like teams like half the half the league is playing like, yeah like so yeah, like but that's what i mean though it's like it feels like all the time like a series there was even like even like some of them just get like dismissed immediately as like ridiculous ideas and stuff but like um like i don't it's just it's one of those I, things where it's what like I want they, is they I want pop to... up so often that i'm just like I think set pro sevens would be cool, but I'm also like just kind of cautiously optimistic about yeah, it too. Sure. Right. Let's see the cleats on the field before we, before. Yeah. Like, let's see, like you said, like we, we've been talking here for like two minutes and you're already just like, Oh wait, there's a world sevens event at the same time as when this is supposed to start. So like, now, are, like, like again, you know a lot I mean? of people are talking about this, this premier sevens as being a development kind of program for, for guys that, you know, yeah, again, like that would be, I, like, I think like, I, you know, cool. someone I think of is I think of someone like Kainoa Lloyd who has basically kind of been training at, at the headquarters has done a couple tours, but like he hasn't really played a lot with the sevens yeah. program. He's on Maple Leaf tours. I think this would be a perfect opportunity for a guy like him I, who wants to stick out and, and try to be an Olympian. I mean, at the end of the day, if, if, if this works out and it's more opportunities for um, people to get paid to play rugby. Yeah. 
then I mean, like that's, that's, I think that's a good thing. Um, I just, I think it's ultimate, it's just something that I'm like, I kind of want to see more of like the actual business plan and stuff behind it for sure. Um, just to kind of see what it looks like, but you know, like I said, cautiously optimistic, like it's, it would be cool to have pro sevens. I'm not going to yeah. say it wouldn't be, but, um, and again, I don't know. It's just one of those things I feel like I need more info to really sure. before I get like super hyped up about it. Yeah, I, I am excited about it. Um, I'm not as jaded at the world as you are. Yeah. Uh, well. But, um, you know, like it, it has the opportunity to be. And we talked. It's funny. Like, I kind of went back to about that being when, said, when like, heard, I was I was surprised that the Bermuda tens thing happened. The world. Yeah. Series. And I went back. I actually, I went back and I because I was listening to our, our preseason episode and then i looked went back even further and i I looked about what we said about the world 10 series uh before like it actually happened and i think what we said about that is it's kind of the same for this you know i want this to be an opportunity for guys that play in like major league rugby that are looking to continuously play rugby and and stay in shape and and have uh, an opportunity to show themselves off to mlr teams or to the national programs and just have fun playing rugby. And I think that's, that's what this premier sevens needs to be. Spread the gospel of rugby yeah. across North America. Yeah, I'm and, not going to say, I'm not going to make it no fun. Me. I mean, the, 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 the world tens looked fun. Yeah. And, and, you know, uh, who knows if we're going to see that again, but that was a lot of fun. I would love to see the, you know, the Miami suns come back or if they're just the suns rugby or, you know, the Phoenix rugby or Rhino rugby, you know, love to see some of those teams maybe make the cross into the sevens t- style tournament. So uh, it's exciting stuff. Um, okay, Derek, well, let's talk about week 10. Uh, there weren't any arrows games again. They were on the bye yeah. week. So they were all off in well, uh, all the magic kingdom, the, but all the games had the worst possible outcome for the Toronto era. Oh yeah. It's like the weekend, the week before I want, yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because the week before it was like, Oh, this was a great turnout for the arrows. They won, and like almost everybody else lost. Yeah. Fantastic. Come to this week, everybody that they needed to lose lost, and yeah. it made the, the the friggin' standings look even more. Say, so, so we have the LA Giltinis um, defeated the their cousins, their brothers. What what's the real? I don't know. Whatever. The I think they're brothers because their their owner's the same guy, right? So it's like oh the, brothers. All right. So yeah, Bill Chris so, is their dad. So. Uh, yeah. yeah there we go so um so i guess uh the guiltinis are now the favorite child um so they won 17 to 3 um dan you were you were excited about the uh the gilgronis potentially uh upsetting the guiltinis there it didn't happen though no and it, and it's very you want to talk about this game that literally i feel like happened literally a week ago now yeah i know i'll talk about it quickly because i honestly saw um what they looked like at the beginning of the year like they just looked really, really sickly. Like their, they got their the, offense uh, just wasn't there. It just their offense. Their offense. They they don't. I mean, they've been winning games, but they've been winning low scoring games. Low scoring games, and and um, they did a really good job with LA. You know, LA LA had one yeah, seven, try, seventeen points. That that's that's damn good. I think that's probably their lowest output this year. Well, they had that one game against New York. Oh yeah, right. Forgot about that game. Um, so second lowest score of the year. Um, and, and you only put out, what did they put out? Six points, uh, Austin? Austin had three, 17 to three. three. Even worse. But it was, but like, worse. Austin, Austin kind of ran into some 
like injury difficulties too, where they, I think they, they had to finish the game with 14 guys because there was no one left on the bench or whatever. Right. So, I mean, it was, that's it was, um, it was a tough one. Yeah. But that was, that was the only game that I guess from an arrows making the playoffs perspective, that game's irrelevant. Um, just from the perspective of the arrows making the, for sure. And then just, like three matchups of the East versus West and the Toronto arrows got absolutely zero help from the Western conference. Thanks a lot. Yeah. West coast. Yeah. Exactly. You're the best coast. That's old. Damn. Yeah. Loud. Apparently you're not the best coast because the East is killing you this year. Um, well, it's, it's funny. I still have that sheet around, but if you look at the stats of, of the, Oh, it's actually right here. Um, this was from a few weeks ago, but like, Without LA, like the 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 East was like seven and two. Yeah. Like without LA's wins, like the the East was killing the West. Yeah. So here's the other. It's like, what do you know? What the uh, the Free Jacks, the New England Free Jacks record is right now. Um, they're f- here, right? the Free Jacks are four and five. They're four and five. Yeah. And do yeah. you know how many of those four wins came against Eastern Conference teams? None. They haven't. They haven't beaten. Yeah, they haven't beaten a single Eastern Conference team yet. That's, four and yeah. five. Yeah, that's Crazy. wild. Which means they're gonna have a real tough second half. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to. You don't get to play a whole lot of West anymore. So, oh boy. Yeah. No, it's what I. I really enjoyed the. That's, um, that's the thing, though. It's like the worst. The worst team in the Eastern Conference is four. Like they lost to LA, right? So the worst team in the Eastern Conference is like four and one against yeah the against the uh, against the west right now um crazy realistically um yeah i really enjoyed mostly because i was just stressing out about um about how it, i wanted nola to lose but i really enjoyed watching nola's game against utah hmm. it's just like i i was really disappointed that utah was not able to pull that game out i mean just because you're an Arrows fan or for or like other reasons? No, just like I really enjoyed watching Utah this year. I, I love I've been loving what I've been seeing from Mikey Teo. Um, I've really enjoyed watching uh, Hagen Schrute play um, Lance Williams, like Paul Mullen after watching and, and you know, thank gosh for the rugby network uh, after watching his documentary about how he's stuck on on uh, that island on the he's been one of my favorite players just to, just to <laughs> keep tabs on. Um, so anyone that tells you media does not help you f- f- cheer for sports is a liar. Um, but yeah, like, Oh, well, like, well, like people think that like the F1 series, for example, I saw people complaining that like that F1 needs to, or an F1 owners need to invest in the sport and not in media. And it's like, that is investing in the sport. That is investing in the sport. One, two, I now know more people invest in F1 because of that series than advertising or, you know, mm-hmm. better cars would, you yeah. know, like that, the, that, that was the, amazing. There's also, there is um, a really cool one on Amazon prime. It's called making their mark. It's about the, uh, the 2020. Yeah. My dad was telling me about that. He said that I have to, I have to watch it. Yeah. It's, it's about the 2020 AFL season. Um, and it's super cool. Cause they let, I guess they were clearly like intending to film this as a documentary before the season started. So like the first couple episodes are just like normal, like, you know, HBO 24 seven style, like build up to like the first week or whatever. And then like, and then like COVID happens 
and it's like they let the cameras go into like the player bubble or whatever. So mm-hmm. I guess they were part of the bubble or however, like with the AFL. So it's like you get to kind of see like how the, all the players like lived in the bubble and stuff. Um, That's cool. Yeah, exactly. There was some cool. There's some cool stuff that happens. There's some like scenes where they're. Um, like, cause they're all stuck in the bubble or whatever. So there's scenes with like the players talking about how, uh, what they're going to do for like, you know, their black lives matter demonstrations and stuff like that. So you kind of, it's a lot of cool insight. Nice. Utah had more carrying meters, more line breaks, more territory possession or territory possession was 50, 50. It just seemed like opportunities were not taken. And, and um, Nola just is constantly, surprising me whether it be that arrows game or this game you know they've had bad losses they've had big wins they, they're just they're a roller coaster of a team and i i don't know if it's going to be fully sustainable for them to make a long run for the shield but they're definitely a fun considering some of the injuries they've gotten they're definitely a fun team to watch so um really enjoyed that game um the canadian content in this game you know um Howard came off the bench and was fine. Kyle Bailey kind of looked really beat up in this game. He, he was kind of down on the, on the floor a, a little bit. Um, Fraser Hurst coming off the bench was fine. You know, it, it was the, I think you and I talked about this, the Canadian content this week was, we didn't have any real outliers that came out and said, yeah, I have, I'm going to ch- change the game this week, which we normally do. And then, yeah, no, that was the game that really excited me. What were there any matches that, you know, Got you fired up this weekend? Yeah, there was a couple. I thought, you know, I thought for the most part, the games are actually quite exciting. Uh, again, like there's been some great weekends in Major League Rugby. Um, I think to me, it was like going the more interesting games. I thought, you know, all honesty was the uh, Rugby ATL Seattle game. Um, just because I love watching Rugby ATL's defense. It's become one of like my favorite things to, uh, to kind of tune in and, you know, tune in and actually see taking place in major league rugby just because and i'm so excited for the fact that rugby atl is playing the guiltinis this weekend because that's gonna be fun right um best offense first in my opinion which would be the best defense in the league and you know it's it's another game where like rugby atl doesn't have the majority of the possession at all um, Seattle actually did quite well in that ter- in that regard. They had like 58% possession. Um, Al- Al- Alatimu Al- did well to like kind of control that possession and stuff. They also did well to kind of control the territory, which is something that Atlanta usually doesn't lose at either. Um, is they usually have, they usually ne- don't necessarily have the ball, but they usually have the territory. And I think that's kind of the thing that was impressive about the Atlanta defense in this game is like there's stretches um you know in the second half too like after the second half of hydration break and stuff whereas like seattle kind of had rugby atl pinned like in their own end for a bit and the defense just did not budge at all um and like you almost want to kind of be like the bend but don't break but i don't even really think they bent all that much either like it was um, Matt Heaton had a really nice play um, to like hold up um, a Seattle player from scoring a try. Um, he was kind of there with, I think it was Momsen that was with them. Yep. Um, so there was, you know, so they, they had that. So they kind of had that, but it was like, well, I'm like kind of surprised. It's like watching like a lot of the play in that game, even with Seattle kind of trying to press is it, it kind of became, 
I was like, at no point was I watching this like that I ever feel like Seattle's actually close to scoring. Like weirdly, like even even when like I said, Heaton held held like you know held up the ball over the line, it was kind of like like even like watching the players like run like run towards Heaton. As soon as Heaton made that tackle, it's like oh like he's under the ball. Like there's no yeah. like his momentum, he's gonna land under the ball anyways. It's fine. Um, but I think like you know what I mean? Like here, like if you kind of want something though, where it's like, you know, look at the score of this game, right? It's 25, 25, six. It's like, you kind of want like stats to kind of separate it and stuff. It's like, so you look at, the, I immediately just go to the defensive stats, right? Like you have um, Atlanta makes 159 tackles at 91%, which is exactly what you want. You want to like, you want to try to hit, hit that like high eighties, 90 is ideal right so you're at 91 percent, and then you have seattle who makes 103 tackles at 75 percent and that's uh, just right? that's... you know what i mean and it's like yeah so atlanta has the ball 45 42 percent of the time but if you can't stop them when they have like it's yeah. it's like it you know what i mean like if if you can't if it take, doesn't take them long to score tries then yeah exactly then, yeah, you're score, not doing your job tries, right right like, you want to try to slow things down well, yeah like That's... as as Curra did well he had a couple quick strikes i mean you have um Jans van rensburg you, you know the classic lineup mall that's all works for atlanta a lot too right um and you know when when they played like that's that's kind of what it came down to right and atlanta's atlanta's set piece was good too right um but yeah, like even like the it was just one of those things where it's like their defense is so good. Like even in this game too, it's just they played the second half down down a man for twenty minutes due to two yellow cards. Yeah, and Seattle couldn't score a try, right? Despite even having the ball for a decent chunk of those some of those ten minutes too. Um, so I mean, like I think like I think it'll be fun. Like with with um like Atlanta looks like they could are kind of emerging to sort of be the team to beat in the East now. Um, well, I mean, they've got, they got to prove, they're going to prove that this weekend, whether. Oh man. Yeah. That's, that's a big, that's be, a big game for, I think this is a big game for them. Or, I mean, LA going to battle against, uh, they, they've had three tough matches. Yeah. And, and, and bang, 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 Utah, uh, Austin. And then um, uh, rugby ETL. It's, it is popping with LA. So they, they're yeah. kind of, they, we're not happy. You know, a lot of people weren't happy about the uh, middle of the week game, but I think that LA is going to be pretty damn happy coming with this game coming up. Yeah. That's, that's some rest, a little bit of a rest period there. Um, like a mini had 22 tackles, 96%. Just that's the dude's really a monster. Good. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, and like I said, some big tackles too, like try savers mixed in there. Right. So like, um, Connor Keys made a hundred percent of his tackles too. Um, he had he had nine in the game. He, he I, I thought Keys played Keys played kind of quite well. They shifted uh Reda Lingheis to the uh to flanker. Um, with uh, so the back row was Reda Lingheis, Heaton, and um, Ross Deacon. So, um, you know, kind of showing you know, Scott Lawrence kind of showing he's willing to kind of mix the lineup around a little yeah. bit. Um, which is good too. The one thing that's like is kind of interesting though, to like Seattle. Like, if you want to say like a positive from Seattle, they only took four penalties this entire game. 
Probably because they had the ball most. They of had the time. ball more, so you yeah, no so, defensive uh, penalties. But yeah, but you know what? At the end of the day, though, you got to do something with that ball, right? Which it is kind of why, like, I am excited. This this Austin or sorry, the Seattle team reminds me a lot about the uh, like the 2019 yeah Austin Elite. Like, so many bodies are coming in, and it's hard to be like have a like, yeah, sustainable like, plan when there's so many bodies coming in mm-hmm. at like key positions. I like, got fullback at flat half, and you know, like it's it's it just feels like the backs are a constant rotation. Yeah, you just mean like new players constantly, right? Constant, yeah, like and, like even just like from like week to week, like it feels like the the back line is constantly like the pack is is what it is like they they their pack is what it is like that's kind of been set unless there's like, injuries changing over the pack a little bit too because it's like Sirius Duru and Il Nikki are not playing well, as much as Duru was coming off of the, uh, an injury yeah anyways um, it, but uh like M- Mongola uh Mongola looked like he looked pretty good in this game too though so I mean that's you know that that might be like Tim Metcher also playing well James Malcolm I think is playing pretty well so yeah um I don't like, yeah, I don't know. Like Brad Tucker, like it's weird. Look at like looking at this roster. It's a pretty good roster. Like the match day 23, like any, any squad, like you got like Sears, Duru, Il Nikki, Tucker, Ferris, Barton, Matthews coming off the bench. Like it's a pretty good sounding squad on paper. It's just on paper. I mean, th- that was a really good squad in 2019. Yeah. I mean, what uh, there's got to, something has happened in that, yeah. in that locker room Every, like, since yeah. You know, know what it is. since yeah. then has, has I think though, like one of those things like with Atlanta, it'd be interesting to see what the guillotine. I want to see the guillotine's game plan for Atlanta's defense for sure this weekend. Just because I'm like, like I think Toronto kind of got onto something with like the chip kicks over the top, which I don't think Seattle really tried enough of mm-hmm. um during this game. But you know, LA's got one of the more creative offenses, so I'm kind of I'm oh curious. yeah, they've got enough guys that can do a good chip kick yeah good little chip kick over the top or whatever but oh, that's, that'll be exciting yeah. i mean all yeah. right well let's move on derek um because we got some other stuff to talk about before we get into kind of the meat of our episode um the last thing is this week we're ha- uh the mlr celebrating military appreciation um and each team will be wearing a special military appreciation jersey there's a there's an auction going on i almost put a bid in for one of the arrows jerseys Ooh. which one almost which one? Uh, well, I was gonna go for like this. Like, I'm like, okay, well, I want one of the front row jerseys, oh, but okay. um, I feel like those those ones will go up in price pretty quickly. So I was gonna go with the like the 16, the backup hooker jersey, because that would have fit Ooh. fine. See, but, uh, the, the one thing I find kind of interesting is like the um, looking at the website for the auction, like bidding on them has already started, mm-hmm. right? So it's kind of but we don't know the lineups yet. So, so it's, Oh yeah. You don't know who's going to sign your Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. Which like, um, here, I was going to say like, well, so while, while you're looking that up, who, which, which I want to quickly hear who, who's your favorite Jersey. Who's got, who put out your favorite uh, Jersey. I will say, I, I will go. I really love the arrows Jersey. I really like it. I like the, the golden leaf. Um, I also really like San Diego's. Yeah, I was gonna say I was gonna uh, say San Diego is cool, like the, the that kind of like army green color. Yeah, I wish know, that Austin basically used the one they had last year with the central. See, here's the, my thing with it is like I do like Austin's. I like, I like. I think Houston. their last one, their year one last year was better. Yeah, I really like 
um New England's is cool with just the camo like stripe up on the stripe. Um see my least favorite one is New York. Um just well, I don't I don't understand it's just all LA's. I yeah, I don't really get LA's. I don't get it. I um, like I think it kind of looks nice. I don't it looks good. Yeah. I, I don't get why it's military though. Yeah, the other not. ones are camo or whatever. Old Glories kind of disappoints me only because they wear the best Memorial Day jerseys every other day of the year. Um, so like that that's the best Memorial Day and July like, 4th jerseys. Um, but like I don't know, like for me, I'm just kind of like I kind of like the ones I like Toronto's, I like New England's, I like Austin, I like I like Houston's too. Um I think, I think San Diego Houston, is my favorite one just because they kind of changed it with like the army green color. It looks nice with the American flag on it too. Yeah. Um, well, that's what I liked. That's why I picked San Diego and Toronto is they, they seem yeah. to be the most unique. I think, uh, yeah. Like, I, I, like the camo. Ones, I like the ones that are like more subtly camo. Like I don't like New York's at all. Like um, it's just, it's too much camo. Like I get why you're doing camo because of Memorial Day. Yeah. Um, but like, like, I don't. I, I always found like on sports jerseys and stuff. Like, because obviously the one thing that I do really like about this is I like that it's like a weekend where like you know you're creating some new merch and stuff that fans can obviously they can are going to be auctioned off and like the money's going to charity and stuff. And like I think that's great, but it's like I think like that's something that maybe can evolve. Like next year, you kind of go with like you know maybe that baseball kind of style route, right? Where it's like every you know, or most holidays or whatever have like, you know, a specialty Jersey or specialty hat or something that you can buy in like um, the team stores and stuff. So it's, I think, I think the, the whole idea of doing this is amazing to me. Maybe, you know, maybe it can evolve into next year and stuff. I know like the rugby shop has a lot of camo gear um, currently up on it right now too. Um, so I think, I think that's kind of cool to see like major league rugby taking those types of like merchandising steps. Right. Um, so I, I think that's that's awesome. Um, I am very curious though to see like whose jersey sells for the most. I think that's kind of yeah. That's that's. I, I wonder if we to... once we get closer to ro- roster or and lineups being announced, well, here, I was, the bids will go up. Like, well, like I said, the interesting thing is the lineups haven't come out yet, but people are bidding on jerseys. So. We're we're recording this, folks, at on on Wednesday. Um, yeah. That you know, six forty three in in the afternoon. So, so as of right now, like I'm just looking at the Giltinis because the Giltinis have been like the the most apparently the most active one right now. There's a couple like um, number number four is up to two hundred dollars already. Okay. So I guess that's you're hoping for what Dave Dennis with that one, I guess. Um, uh, six and seven are at two hundred each. So like, you know. Cottrell, Podoivin, Thomas, I guess one of those guys. Um, eight's also at 200. 10 is already at 400 without. So, I mean, that's either. Gitto well, or Cardi. I was going to say, that's either looking like a good price for a Matt Gitto game worn autographed jersey, or that's a, that's a, that's a expensive Lucardi jersey. I'm not really sure yet. Um, TBD, TV determined. Yeah. Number eleven, so typically DTH Vandermerver is at two twenty-five. Um, Adam Ashley Cooper's thirteen, or whoever actually ends up playing thirteen. Um, thirteen is at three hundred dollars. Um, f- fourteen, which is kind of a rotating cast of people on LA, I guess, is at two hundred and fifty dollars. 
Um, so I guess that'll be either Ryberg or James, I'm guessing. But yeah, um, Stu better get on that soon, man. You should tell him it's getting its price is going. Stu, up. it's getting up in price, dude. Yeah, exactly. And then all the bench, all the bench guy. Oh, so number twenty three is at two hundred dollars as well. So. Stu might be out of luck on the uh, the Ryan James one there because I feel like that's where the uh, the twenty three yeah. usually goes. Well, we're pretty um, excited. We're yeah. pretty darn excited about the uh, about these jerseys. Yeah, um, they look cool. Um, number one for the Toronto Arrows, so I guess you're hoping for Cole Keith with that is three hundred dollars. Alrighty. Whew. Yeah. And they started a lot lower, so that's good for them. Yeah. Um, okay. Well. well yeah. They're either, I think the ones without bids right now are listed as zero. Um, I know, but minimum minimum was a hundred. Oh, the minimum's a hundred. And oh. I think some of the other ones started at like 200, 270, uh, 175 mm-hmm. for the American ones. Yeah. All right, Derek. Well, we gotta we gotta move on because we've got um we gotta talk about uh, some Toronto Arrows, and so we are unofficially a little bit one game past the kind of midway point for the Arrows. Um. And I wanted to look back at kind of some of the stuff that we talked Oral about. Rugby this term. Season. We are through the first five eighths of the season. But um, but no, no, no laps, no, Dan. I'm not. No. I'm not in the mood. What? Oh, well, too bad because that's what I'm calling the episode. I decided that last night. All right, that's that's fine. Um I look back, I, I listened to our season preview about the arrows, and there's some things that that you know I kind of want to bring up. Um we all thought that the arrows would be in the playoffs, which you know. Hasn't happened yet. Their their, their path there. Nobody is going nobody's to be... technically in the playoffs yet. Then. Okay, fine. Tech, fine. On technicalities, you are correct, Derek. <laughs> um, I was very uh, worried about the pan about their their new home and the situation, and um, that has seemed to come to fruition, unfortunately. And that was one of those situations where I wanted to be wrong. But actually, we mentioned the interview earlier. If anyone really wants to kind of dive into what this effect of of living away from Canada has been like on the Arrows, um, both Lucas Rumble and Chris Silverthorne have talked about this and how hard it is and how not being able to see their family and stuff like that. So that was one thing I didn't want to uh, go be right about, but unfortunately I was. We also talked about that uh, Tuchelette and Montero would have a huge impact on the season and Surprise, surprise, you were right. They've both been playing, you know, spectacularly. Um, so I want to kind of go into um has there been someone that's really kind of stood out to you uh so far, Derek, um with that the first half of the Euro season? Yeah, I mean I think we've we said don't, we don't have too much time, so I want to give you like oh, one well, or two guys because people can go back and listen to the other seven episodes where we call Lucas Rumball the best player in the league. So um like I think his his breakdown steal total is still absolutely bananas. Um, it's yeah, like I, I think you know I think he's been one of the best players. He's you know he's among the league leaders in like tackles, ruck arrivals, break breakdown steals by seven and a half miles. Um, but like it's you know like any like he's the captain of the team and stuff too. It's. Yeah, I I don't think Lucas Rumble has yet to play a bad game this year. Um, you know, despite whether despite what the what the arrows record is, like Rumble's been unreal. I think 
Della Vega and Diana have been at times equally as unreal as Rumble. Um, the back row's just been phenomenal to me. Um, you know, I think, yeah, like I think I think Cole Keith is starting to adapt really well to like the loose head side and stuff. I think yeah. he's getting a lot better at handling that. Um, which which is good to see. Um, Mason Flesh, I think, is adapting. Yeah, well and, and before his injury, Adrian Wadden was. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, so it's. Like, I, I don't think I've ever felt as optimistic about the upcoming Lawhawk situation between Flesh, yeah, Dugid, yeah, they, and uh, and and um, Wadden. We've had a we've been pretty fortunate know, in 2021 with Can- Canadian locks. Yeah, like I, I know we kind of we hyped up Siaki Vikilani before the season started. Um, unfortunately his injury has kept him out for the first half of the year and you know but um but like i don't know i'm still excited to see what he brings to the table hopefully we get to see a little bit more of him in uh the second half of the season um lesage i think has been outstanding oh yeah unreal um yeah like i think the one thing that it's like man ben lesage is just so good defensively like it's just it's amazing um and such a like you know i, I think that's why like you know, t- teams can have trouble scoring on like the Toronto arrows, especially if they attack, like, you know, where the centers usually are. Cause you kind of run into Lesage, and, you know, it's, it's, it's a f- super fun to watch, man. He's tackling ability is outstanding. Um, like I said, I think like, like, I mean, as far as like the new additions go, I mean, like Cortez bit of a rough start with um, the cards constantly, but I mean, I think like that's obviously some nice back or some front row depth going to be needed in the second half. Um, we haven't seen Canada's roster for the um, we've seen our friends south of the borders roster, but we haven't seen the Canada mm-hmm. roster yet, um, which knowing us will probably come out like 10 minutes after we release this episode. Um, but <laughs> now, now I'm going to check Twitter just because you said that. Oh, yeah, I'm- yeah, you should. All right. We're going to do the uh, the live reaction to Canada's roster announcement right now. Um yeah, like I, I like like I think there's been a lot of players. I think the interest obviously scrum half has been an intriguing part. I think Ross Brody, um, you know, he didn't get into the, I think the third game of the year, um, which was the first game the year was won, and then he's kind of like run with it. Um, his ball distribution and stuff has been really nice. I think I think he's putting himself in a nice position for a spot on um, you know, that the Canadian team for that summer tour. Um you know, overseas. And then obviously the, uh, the world cup qualifiers later, um, later this year in, uh, against the Americans too. So, um, I think like, I don't know, man, there's, there's a lot of guys that I think have been like really good. Um, Cellini, I think has had some monster games too. Um, you know, Spencer Jones, I think I like, um, I think I like Spencer Jones as a 12 with the Saj more than when he was in the 13 spot. I think he's kind of, that kind of adapts to his game a little bit better. Yeah. Um, I think Parfrey has been really good, especially since, you know, he's kind of playing wherever he's needed. Um, this, yeah, like Taylor Adams, uh, is, does he still lead the league in scoring? I'm not really no, sure. No, uh, Holland said has Holland. because of because of the two, the game last week yeah. and also the game where Adams didn't play. Yeah. He's taken over. And I think also, I think he, he's been in it for a while ever since that game against L.A. Or, uh, uh, yeah. Well deserved. All right. So, yeah, like Holland said, but I mean, Adams was up there. Um, for most of the season too. And I, I think like, I think what you kind of saw like when he was playing with Atlanta, that little bit of X factor that he can bring, like those nice, like those well-placed like chip kicks over the top and stuff. Um, 
you know, he, he's really good at like dissecting defenses and like finding the gaps in them. So um, like that's un, been great to see. It's, he's been a real fun to watch. Um, I feel like I'm just naming everybody on the roster at this point. I know I said a couple guys and you've named a whole bunch of guys. Yeah. All Thanks right. for leaving somebody for me. But uh, you know what? I, I'll say I really enjoyed you kind of mentioned um I mentioned everybody. Also, yeah. yeah, you mentioned everybody. Um I'm I've really liked what I've seen from Tyler Roland. Oh, um, one guy, I think one he's guy been mentioned. Nice. Yeah, he's he's see I did say somebody for you. I, I really think that he deserves to be starting in that uh three jersey. He's played really yeah, well. And I think really that good. I think that he's just a, a little bit quicker than Cortez in terms of of mm-hmm. you know um tackle rates and then getting back up and moving. I think Cortez is just the age and also the hard years of playing in the premiership and the champions uh, championship have really kind of taken a toll on the body. And he just doesn't have the seem to have the same pep and that, that has caused for penalties and, and a yellow card against LA. Um, Yeah, no, I've really enjoyed his play. Um, I, I was also going to say Pat Parfrey, whether it be at center or fullback, he has been kind of a nice, uh, Swiss knife to to watch. Um, he's had limited playing time, but I've liked what I saw from Mitch Richardson. Um, oh, nice! Yeah, you know he he's he's been serviceable, and he and and you know that switch to the ra- the wing has been an interesting one for him. Yeah, I think. Um, I I mean I think like once we find out the Canada roster and stuff, I think we're going to start seeing guys like he, Richardson a whole. He's going to be playing a whole lot, and it's really too bad that Marcello Wainwright has now left. Um, to come back to Canada because of his injury, because I think that he would have had a real, real big opportunity and it'll be interesting. So, and, and so it's funny that you brought up uh, Vicky Lonnie because it's, I, I don't think that they'll pick him because he hasn't been playing a lot. Uh, he hasn't been playing at all. Yeah. He yeah. hasn't played at all. Right. So that, but I wonder if he's seeing the things like like Kinsley Jones saying that he wants to pick a young team and it wants it to be like right. Italy he wants to give the young guys opportunities i was wondering if maybe Vikilani would would be picked to go with Canada and tour but i think he's going to get a whole bunch of opportunities um with especially yeah. with Diana when if Diana leaves for Uruguay duty you know we're going to see a lot of yeah. a lot of Vikilani a lot of Colby Francis a lot of Tyler Roland and, and Pat Lynott, you know, there's going to be a lot of guys that are going to be getting a whole lot of playing time, especially in that pack, depending on who Kingsley Jones picked, we might have a very weak pack. Uh, so some of these guys I, are going to have a real I mean, opportunity to, I think the pack would still be good, but I mean, yeah, it's not going to be Have you? Have, I mean, Nola, it, Nola's packs in trouble with the, yeah. the international test. Think about it. Like you take, you take Keith Quatrin out of it. Yeah. That, our, our 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 hooker depth is yeah have you uh, is is then is then um mcrogers and then um the young guy that came from atkins well, atkinson atkinson yeah. so you know and then and who do we have for props uh Ouellette's back you know he's yeah, now with, with the atkinson. Team. atkinson can play prop and hooker too. he can play pop anyway so the, but the point is is like our depth is now it's gone if we being tested yeah but so. like have you seen nola though did you look at the eagle squad uh and, i did look at it but i didn't oh dude their pack's gone like yeah it's so, literally so okay so you have so the eagles gary gold hold on let me find it gary gold selected from nola dolan guerrera Harmon, um tonga hui and waldron 
right? So that's the loose, the starting loose head, tight head, and the entire back row. And then they'll take. And then Bailey, they're going to take Canada's going to take Bailey. Bailey. And they'll take Howard. Uh, no, not uh, that. Like the like, it's literally um, like I, I think I mean, and, and you look at they would have like who, who like I guess normally Stewart with Bailey, right? So it'd be Stewart or Doty. Um, so it's like those are the two guys. Like, like you you have seven. I mean, I know Pat O'Toole has been um, probably outplaying Howard for parts of this season. And, yes. you know, he did score two tries on the weekend. So, I mean, like, you know, it's it's looking like it's going to be increasingly more difficult for Howard mm-hmm. to get that two jersey back. Um, but but realistically, it's, it's not out of the realm of possibility that, like, Nola would start a pack that would be Harmon, Waldron, Harmon, Howard, Waldron, Bailey, um, I guess – Stewart, let's say, and then the back row of Guerrera, Tongahua, and Dolan. I mean, and like, look at like, it's tough. like Rooney lost their their engine room, Savetta and <laughs> and um, and Brakeley, and then also lost uh, their their captain and oh, and also uh, yeah. Hammersize. So, yeah, no, the I mean, arrows, I mean, the arrows. Um, we're talking I mean, about like Utah's offense, and it's like, yeah, Basca, Cruce, Teo, like. Yeah. They're, they're gonna go like it's and like so so when people talk about why why do the arrows spend the money on guys like um <laughs> like uh like adams and tucolette and montero this is why because i mean not every year they're going to have international think, yeah, like test window uh bothering them but yeah. stuff like this is going to happen in the future i mean normally, right. normally it's not supposed to though like it's no. just because they push the season back because for cold, sure right but all right. Well, let's let's uh, look let's look forward uh, to week eleven because we have a uh, this is a matchup that I was looking forward to at the beginning of the year, um, the Arrows versus the Free Jacks. We've never seen it before. Um, last year they didn't get to this match before they were uh, before the season ended. I actually was this not the next match the Arrows were going to play? No, it was uh, New York. What's New York. Oh, okay. But. Um, this will be in uh, in New England. Correct me if I'm wrong, Derek. You're the guy that does the schedule, yeah. You tell me, oh boy. Yeah, it's We're an honor. honor. Okay. Yeah. Um. So it's going to be a very interesting game, in my opinion. Um, how do we feel about the matchup with the Free Jacks? You know, what do they need to do? I mean, we you seem it seems to be that to me that the. Uh, the free jacks kind of have this this three-headed monster in Fife, Poland, and Waka. Everything seems to run between those three, and then you kind of just make plays based off of them. Um, yeah. So based on what you just said, Dan, shut down Fife, Poland, and Waka. Shut them down. Yeah. It's you know the, what? the old the old uh, like you said at the top of the show, the Winnipeg Jets treatment to uh, <laughs> like stop stop McDavid and Drysaddle, and then walk away with a win. Um, yeah, I think I think that'd be a big one too. I think like you gotta you gotta make sure you have a good set piece to kind of match up against. Uh, especially we saw what the the mall did to uh, to Rooney on the weekend. Yeah, holy. Um, yeah, just that was nuts. Um, so I mean, you gotta definitely be prepared to stop that. Um, I thought Toronto when Toronto played New York, Toronto game plan really well for New York's rolling ball, and you know we're able to shut that down. So you definitely gotta bring that back. Um, like I said, I think you know. Guys like Josh Larson, really good in the breakdown. So that's you got to kind of win that battle. 
Um, I think ultimately, like for the arrows and stuff, it's just going to kind of come down to like you know, like we know like their offense. Their offense can beat the New England's defense. Like I'm not worried about that, but it does come down to like your ability to execute. And I think with this game, to me, really signifies though is like you need to kind of set the tone for the second half of the season. Um, basically, a real big statement. Yeah, exactly. You need a big win here. Like, like I said earlier, like New England hasn't won a game against an Eastern Conference team, right? You cannot. You can't be the. You don't want to be the guy. Yeah, you you don't want to be number one. No, exactly. Sure. But I think like right now, okay. So like, you know, if we're looking at the playoff outlook, right? So Dan, what do you think right now? So right now we have um, Atlanta and New York are sitting at six and three. Atlanta's got a couple more bonus points. They got 31 points to New York's 29. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you realistically think the record of the two Eastern Conference playoff teams is going to be? So there's 16 games. Yeah. So right now, so right now they're at the top with six and three. So that's about a 66.666, a billion sixes because it's a third um, winning percentage. I think it's hard to not hold down that top spot with anything less than anything more than five losses. All right. I so, think yeah, that, okay. I think so, that rugby ATL could afford to have two, two more Lose losses. Two games? Lose yeah. two games. Okay. So you're saying like first place will be like 11 and five. Yeah. And then like what second will either also be 11 and five or like 10 and six, maybe. Yeah. I, I think around that. Yeah. Okay. So, Basically, then, if you're the Toronto Arrows using that assessment, which I do agree with, you're, you already got your five losses. So yeah, they have no yeah, room for error. Bu- buckle up, man. It's the same thing as it's the same thing as last year. Like you have to, you have to probably run the table, and not only that, you have to pick up bonus points while you do it. Right. So which I think it's a hell of a lot harder to do this year than. I think the competition in 2021 to run the table, yeah, to run the table compared okay. to 2019 is very, very difficult. But that—that's even what I was saying. Like, what I kind of agree with what you were saying there, Dan, with 11 and five, is because it was like it's kind of looking at the max. Like Atlanta or Rooney can go is 13 and three, and I'm just like ah, like that's my that's kind of I guess my issue, my trouble right now is it's like like I don't know, like seven wins in a row is going to be tough. Yeah, right. so you know you got to do it if yeah, you're like the, the, the easiest, so. the quote unquote easiest competition they're going to have is going to be the Legion and Old Glory. Yeah, the old, old, yeah, old. Glory. Or if you're going past past games, Rooney. But like, like the East is the East is nuts, right? So it's like, but I, I think, I think. Oh no, sorry, I shouldn't say that. Next week, uh, next week they have the Legion. Yeah, so. so. I think first things first, I think if you're looking at like the arrows outlook for win- for making the playoffs, you can't lose to the West because nobody else is losing to the West. You can't lose to the free Jacks because nobody else is losing to the free Jacks. Right. So you got to take care of those five games immediately or whatever. Is that five games? Four. Yeah. They got no four games. That'd be four games. They got two yeah. games left against the West. They got Austin and San Diego. Yeah. Um, and then two games, so you got to take. So you have to win those four. And one of those games is against a team that you've never beaten. Nola, they, sorry, Nola. They've never. Beaten oh yeah, Nola. then they got to they got to play Nola again. Yeah. Um. 
right so it's like but like i don't know how does that timing work out do you get nola when they have no pack like because that could be beneficial although toronto might not have much of a pack, might not have a pack either um it's yeah uh, it's going to be very interesting be i think i think the get the your get your get your bonus throws, points now while you can yeah exactly like you have to but that's the thing though too like um I think I'm almost at this point, like, unless it's a matter of you can win the game on this kick or whatever, go for, like, I go for, go kick for, for the, the corner every single time. Which they're used to. So, yeah, yeah exactly. it'll be interesting. Like, you got to kick for the corner every single time. I think if you look at the West right now, right, like, I'm looking at um, the Utah Warriors and the Austin Gilgronies are tied um, at, you know, for second right now. <laughs> the difference being the fact that, but Austin's five and four and Utah's four and five, right? The difference is like Utah's got 10 bonus points. Yeah. So they got to Austin six. So they like Utah right now has a full extra win of bonus points on Austin. Right. So it's like, that could be, you know, if Austin, if they end up t- like tied, like a similar record, that could be like the difference. Right. So and that that was kind of the difference. That was the difference between like I think that was the difference between home field, um, right, the arrows and Rooney. In yeah, for that too, right? So like, it's like you know what I mean. Like that, I think I think that's kind of what we're at. And I think you know, looking at the outlook on the season and stuff, and it's like I still want to like keep that the faith and belief. But it's like for right now, like you need to. The arrows need- have the arrows with under Pete Smith and the attack that he has designed. If it clicks, I think it's one of the best attacks in the league. Like when it's on, we've seen it when it's on. It's on, like we saw, like you know, like the game against Seattle. Or like when Rooney, it's on, it's on. Glory, yeah, Rooney. Like exactly, basically the games that they've won. Um, when when they're when the arrows attack is on, like it's unstoppable. We saw, um, you know, even even Atlanta, right? Like we'll talk about that. They had a chance to win that game, um, and you know, kind of slipped through their fingers at the end. Right, but it's like the attack made those adjustments and stuff and started breaking down that, you know, tough Atlanta defense. And it's right. So it's like I think that's what you got to do against the free jacks. Like you said, though, um, Dougie Fife, um, Ben Lesage, like I said, one of the best defensive centers in the league. Have fun with him. Yep. Good um, luck. Because Make yeah, tackles. Like, yeah, exactly. If Lesage Lesage wins that battle, the arrows probably win the game. Cause and then you know what I mean? Like you stop, you win that, you beat you don't let Rune or don't let new England roll you over with the lineup wall. You probably win the game. Yeah. Right. All right. And well, let's, let's, uh, let's, to. that was kind of long winded, but whatever. Yeah. let's finish up. Um, we got a couple shout outs that we want to make out to some, uh, impressive accomplishments over in Europe. Uh, young Tyler Duguid has won the challenge cup with Montpellier. Um, they beat the Leicester Tigers 18 to 17, a close match. Um, Tyler came on near the end of the game and kind of uh, finished off his uh, his uh, pretty successful run lately. And then he also started the uh, will be started then another top fourteen game this week. So he's on a good little run of of convincing the coach there that he is a uh, important part of this team. So good for him. We will definitely definitely be seeing him in Canada Red this summer. There is no doubt in my mind. Um, Sophie DeGood and Emma Taylor and Alyssa Corrigan are now going to be playing in the Premier 15s final. Yeah, 
I did. I wrote that before I even knew Derek was going to wear that jersey. I literally, I literally put it on just to because Sophie DeGoody won the Player of the Match and absolutely dominated the yes. Lightning. And you gotta, just, you know, the Arrows didn't play this weekend, so rocking the Saracens gear felt felt good, man. And you know, tough break. For... Another another championship coming to the uh, the Saracens way here. They got another game to win, so don't get too confident. Um, unfortunately, that that means that Abby Dugid and um, uh, Delika Menon's seasons are over for Longborough, but they had a great, strong season as well. Um, another uh, uh, women's player um, in England has won Player of the Year for Exeter. Uh, Emily Tatuzzi, uh finished off her strong year. She she played very well for Exeter, so we wanted to congratulate. Uh, Emily and Sophie and Emma and uh, Alyssa for all having uh, fantastic seasons um, for the Saracens. It's not over yet. So we're looking forward to watching that game this weekend. All right, Derek, we've got some rugby matches to, um, to predict, to, get, to break, to predict. Um, the first one we're going to talk about is um, San Diego versus Houston. Well, do we know who uh, Stu and the Tooney picked? All right, everyone, these are my picks for round 11. So first up, we have San Diego versus Houston. Houston just haven't really been able to challenge in any of these games. Even in the most recent game, they failed to even get the losing bonus point. And San Diego, fresh off a bye week at home, it's going to have to be the Legion. Okay, game two is New England at home versus Toronto. The Free Jacks, you know, they haven't had like the best run in previous games. That said, they do have a great home record so far. Uh, but Toronto, uh, I think they have great attacking pace. Obviously, I don't know who is going to be in the uh, match day 23 at this point. But I think having that bye week to rest, recover, plan ahead. And after... New England's inability to see the games out. I'm going to have to go with Toronto. Okay, uh, ATL versus Los Angeles. ATL have been doing pretty well. They're on a four-game winning streak, but they are going up against the strongest team in MLR at the moment. Now, could this be that another Eastern team gets the win over LA? I think it's possible, but they're still too strong for me at the moment. I'm going to have to go with Los Angeles. Okay, and now for the fourth game of the round. It is Utah versus Austin. Utah, um, you know, they're at home. They've had a good record at home as well. I think they've only lost <clears throat> one game, and that was to Seattle. Um, Austin, again, will have been... Very hard done by, I think, the scoreline in their game against LA didn't reflect how well they performed. And I I still believe that defense wins games. So I'm going to go with the second strongest defense in MLR in Austin. Now, DC versus New York. DC have been now on a winning match run, but New York appear to be firing on all cylinders. I know this is going to be at Sacred Field, but I think it's going to be New York that walks away victorious. And now for the team the team picks that you actually want to hear, it's time for the tuning. Again, home for the heads for the home team, tails for away team. Let's get to it. So we have in the following order San Diego versus Houston. The Toonie goes 
for San Diego. New England versus Toronto. The Toonie goes for New England. ATL versus Los Angeles and the Toonie goes for ATL. Utah versus Austin. Toonie goes for Utah. And finally, DC versus New York. The Toonie goes for New York. Those are my picks. Those are the Toonie's picks. Make of that what you will. Okay, Derek. So we've got uh, a couple of really interesting matchups this this uh, this week. Um, the first one is San Diego versus Houston. Yeah, so teams really have had a rough go of it this season. So, yeah, both teams really have. Um, you know, uh, Houston kind of had the, a little bit of a slog against Old Glory in the pouring rain last week, and you know, it was one of those one of those games still where um, you know they, they just they couldn't quite like connect offensively um you know balacana kind of let a try kind of just waver as he just dropped the ball wide open on the wing so um they've been kind of struggling obviously san diego's had a tough go of it they crushed nola before the bye week though maybe being back home um haven't seen the lineup yet rob shot tweeted that picture of him training though so that's interesting. If he's back, who knows? We haven't seen the I haven't seen the lineup yet, though. Um, I'm gonna take. Uh, I feel, yeah, I'll take the Legion. I'll go with the Legion on this one. I feel like I've been done dirty by both these teams. I know. I've said. I've said Houston. I've said San Diego. Um, just because everybody else has picked San Diego, I'm gonna go with Houston. Nice. <laughs> nice. Like, you know what I that feel- means? This honestly. Can we pick tie? Is that an option? <laughs> you could tie? if you really want to go for tie. Yeah. yeah, there we go. What do I, I, I get? I, yeah, I get the bonus. I get a bonus point if we do that, though. All right, I'm just gonna stick with San Diego, not the okay. tie. But all right, cool. Yeah. All right, rugby ATL versus LA. Um, oh, for reference, uh, Stu and the Toonie both picked San Diego. Um, in this matchup, uh, there was a split. Stu picked LA. The Toonie picked rugby ATL. Um, how who are you feeling? What what do you think this match is well, gonna be? I want to hear I want to hear what you have to say on this one first. Damn. So I think the big difference is where Austin has had really strong, strong top of the league defense. Rugby ETL has had really strong, strong top of the league defense and also an offense that has clicked and also um been flexible you know you got guys like o'keefe that can just like rip you to shreds and escura um but they also have like one of the best malls in the league where they can just win a line out with like monson and wrangling heist and then just trance it into your to your tries uh try zone but it's so damn hard to um pick against la so I think I'm going to go with LA. Oh man. Um, yeah, I think it is hard to pick against LA. Um, offense wins games, defense wins championships. They're not playing for an actual championship, but screw it. I'm still going to pick Atlanta. Cause why not? I, I honestly, like I, this is the so hard. Here's the thing. I, I think if, 
like I mean I know Rooney got to them, but it's like I'm thinking like okay, like they their only loss so far is an Eastern Conference team when they traveled. They're traveling to the East again, and they've got the best defensive team in the league that like Dan you kind of just mentioned they can also are capable of putting points up on the board um uh, like it's it's interesting it's the top best team in the east versus the best team in the west at the halfway point so maybe it's a little bit of an early finals preview um maybe. so I don't know I'm gonna I'm gonna take Atlanta I don't think this is uh just because yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna back okay. Atlanta here why not okay. um Utah versus Austin um Stu went with Austin the Tooney picked Utah. I'm kind of leaning on sticking with Stu on this one. I think that, again, you mentioned that there's a little bit of injury bug in in uh, Austin. I think that they'll get back to their winning ways against Utah, even though they lost them at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I think this is a, this is a big game for uh, both these teams. Obviously, they're tight in the standings right now. Um, I, I like. I think. I think. At, LA kind of showed that a high-powered offense can crack that Austin D. And if Teo and Cruze and Basca are rolling again. Um, and the last time they played, Cruze was not part of that. He was not. Utah lineup. Yeah. So um, if they're rolling like they have been in the past couple weeks, um, yeah, I'll go with Utah too. Um, OG and Rooney. Oh, man. This. The East first East matchups are always the toughest ones, I think. Um, I'm going with New York. Pardon me? Who's at home for this one? Uh, uh, um, Old Glory. Um, Dan, do I see that you've typed in Rooney here? I did pick Rooney. You did type in Rooney. So I mean, Stu picked Rooney. The Tooney picked Rooney. Um, Doug Frazier was on our podcast, and so was Luke Campbell. And we haven't had a guy from Rooney come on yet, Dan. So I'm going to uh, put my faith in the boys that support us. So we're going with uh, Old Glory DC. Okay. Um, the, it's not the last game of the weekend, but I left save the best for last. Toronto versus New England. Um, yeah, Toronto. Um, for all the reasons Toronto. I kind of said earlier, I think Toronto's like I think Toronto can stop them all, which has been like the main like the, the Toronto can stop that mall. I think Lesage can stop. Dougie Fife in the middle of the pitch too. Um, so I think if you shut down, if you if Massage shuts down Fife and that mall stops, then uh, you know, it'd be a long day in New England. So I'm going with uh, going with Toronto. All right. Well, that's all we have for tonight. Um, hope you guys enjoy this episode. If you are looking to um, listen to more of our episodes about the previous seasons. Uh, about the World Cup, about kind of the pandemic shutdown, and then we interviewed a whole bunch of Canadian rugby players. You can find all of our episodes on YouTube, um, on all the podcast platforms. Um, You can find the links on our our Instagram, our Facebook, our Twitter. We're all there. It's all there. Um, We're pretty vocal on on most things. Um, And also leave us some reviews. Let us know what you want us to talk about. Let us know what we want you want to hear from us. We've got a Gmail account that Derek has promised in the last episode he's going to check more. LaRougeRugby at gmail.com, Derek. LaRougeRugbyPodcast at gmail.com. For some reason, somebody already had at LaRougeRugby at gmail.com. So um, I'm not really... probably me and I forgot the password, let's be honest. Oh, do you think it is? Yeah, it's either that or it's somebody that's trying to like... 
maybe hope hoping our brand becomes big and we really want to pay for that Gmail account later in life. No, it's okay. We can keep it. All right, guys. Well, we've got a big uh, weekend of rugby, so uh, hopefully you guys all enjoy it. Also, go Leafs, go.